This radio program is PG-13. Parents strongly caution some material may be inappropriate for children under the age of 13. Send me Jesus' mission was to comfort those who mourn, bind up the brokenhearted, proclaim liberty to captives, and open prison doors for those who are bound. For those who want more than status quo Christianity has to offer, Blazing Grace Radio begins now. And here is your host, Mike Janung. Hey, Mike Janung here, and welcome back to Blazing Grace Radio. It is supposed to hit 105 degrees here in Phoenix, Arizona. And here on out, it's all triple digits in the forecast. So, um, but what I love about Arizona is we got dry heat here. I don't do very well with humidity. <clears throat> so I don't like it when I go outside and you feel like you're taking a shower. So here we are in the Valley of the Sun. And thank you for joining us. I shared a little bit recently about how we're looking for a church. And I've been trying to find a church that spends time in prayer because, you know, Jesus emphasized and quoted Isaiah, the verses in Isaiah 56 about my house should be called the house of prayer for all nations. And I know from personal experience that prayer is our most powerful spiritual weapon. So I've been, we've been looking for a church that, like Acts 2.42, devoted to prayer, fellowship, and the word I cannot find one. We I found one church that spends time in prayer, but the problem is it's north of Sedona, which is three hours away from here, and so a six-hour round trip on a Sunday morning not going to work. But I mean, most of the churches, all the churches we're finding, you know, they have the worship band and the message, but I can't find anybody who spends time in prayer. Uh, during their weekend services, and it's my own conviction that, you know, when God's Word says devoted to fellowship, prayer in the Word, that that's what he means we should be focusing on. So if there are any of you out there who are listening in Arizona, particularly in the greater Phoenix area, and your church spends time in prayer, and I, when I mean spends time, I don't mean God bless our servant service and it's 30 seconds and you're done that that's not what i'm talking about i'm talking about a church service where you spend 15 20 minutes at least in prayer and so if you're going to a church like that would you please let me know i'd love to know about it heck i might even talk about it on the on the radio and uh, email at blazinggrace.org you can just email me but i would love to know and i would love to visit your church so a couple other announcements. I'm looking at holding a rogue Christian retreat. I'm looking at a retreat place not too far from Phoenix, about an hour and a half away, early next week. Possibility we might do something like that, maybe late summer, maybe end of August. It's at a 5,000-foot elevation, the one I'm looking at, so it's 15 degrees cooler than the normal uh 
desert air, temps in the hundreds. So this could be very interesting. And if we do something like that, there will be times of community, times of prayer, times of teaching, times of praying for each other. And it'll be really a great time of bonding and finding other what I call rogue Christians, uh, people who want more of God than just what they get on Sunday. People want to go all the way with the Lord and their relationship with him. And so I'll have you updated on that in the next couple of weeks. And uh, some other things coming up. Well, I just came out with my newest book, Restoring the Wife's Heart. That is for leading. It's an eight-week course for wives. So for this is for this is great for churches and for other groups that uh, might want to lead a wives group for women healing and recovering from adultery or husband's porn addiction. So you can check that out at blazinggrace.org at the store. And also, if you're interested in helping us set up a conference, no matter where you are, uh, let me know, either a Roe Christian conference or a Porn to Grace conference. We're talking to several people right now in different states about setting up a conference, a Roe Christian conference. Normally, it's a Saturday from 9.30 to 3.30 for either one. The Porn to Grace conference focuses on what breaking free from porn addiction looks like. It focuses on healing for the wives. And again, time is spent breaking up into small groups, actually of two, sharing and praying for each other. And it's a very powerful time. And then the Roe Christian conference is similar to that in that there's always um, time breaking up and praying for each other and plenty of instruction on what being a rogue Christian looks like. And if you haven't heard me talk before, a rogue Christian is a biblical Christian in today's context. So when I'm saying a rogue Christian, a rogue Christian, for example, is not isolated and Surveys are showing that 85 to 90 percent of American Christians are isolated, meaning that they do not meet with another brother and sister once a week for the purpose of prayer and encouragement. And and an isolated Christian is easy pickings for all sorts of sin and living life in the flesh. So right away off the bat, there's a lot of people who are hungry for and starved for community, but they don't know they're not. They're not able to get it. When I mean community, I don't mean going to a Bible study because you can hide in a Bible study. I'm talking about talking to another brother and sister where you're spilling your guts and you're honest with your weaknesses and your failures and you're praying for each other. And So right off the bat, that is rogue because most Christians are isolated. Having an incredible prayer life, that's a part of a rogue Christian. Having a deep prayer life, I'm talking about spending one to two hours a day in prayer with the Lord and and time with Him. And so there's a lot more in my book, The Rogue Christian, and I would encourage you to check it out at the website, therogchristian.com. And then uh, a rogue church is one that is devoted to prayer, fellowship, and the Word. So those three things are the focus of a rogue church, which is really a biblical church. So if you want to have a rogue church, a biblical church, all you got to do is go to Scripture and look at what they did, and you filter out the things they didn't and focus on the things that they did, 
and you will have an amazing church. You may already think you have an amazing church now, but I can tell you from experience, I spent a lot of time in prayer meetings and praying with others, and just praying alone makes a huge difference. And so I've also led church services. I spoke at a weekend church service recently, and and then I had everybody praying at a, at a church, plus I'll often ask the pastor, hey, can I break your people up into groups of two to share and pray with each other? And usually when I do that, everybody is freaking out because we're not used to actually talking to people at you know our church service. We're just kind of used to sitting there in our bubbles and watching, and then and then we go home. So what I have everybody do is Share what you're going through. Share your weaknesses. Share your sins. That doesn't mean you got to dump your whole life on them, but you know, open those things up at least at a at a beginning level, and then pray for each other. James five sixteen. Confess your sins to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. So that's a biblical church right there. Doing those, focusing on those three things: God's word, prayer, and community. True community that opens up from the heart. So there's that, and I will be in Europe the month of October, uh, at least two, maybe three weeks. I'll be in the UK as well. We are scheduled to be at a trade show October 12th to 14th at a place near London, and I know there are people who listen to the show that are outside of the U.S. They're in Europe. So, hey, if you want to set up a conference, let me know. We're already looking at also doing a men's retreat down in Italy later that month. So um, let me hear from you if you want to set something up. And doesn't mean usually when I'm speaking in Europe, a lot of times it's at small churches and, and or small groups, and that's fine. I'm not looking at for any. You know, the numbers don't matter. It's the depth that counts. Finding people who want to go deeper with the Lord. So. Uh, let me let me hear from you. So, I want to talk about uh, doing what Jesus did. Specifically, I'll begin with reading several verses. First one from Mark one thirty-five. In rising very early in the morning, while it was still dark, he Jesus departed and went out to a desolate place, and there he prayed. And then Luke five fifteen to 16. But now even more of the report about him went abroad. And great crowds gathered to hear him and to be healed of their infirmities. But he would withdraw to desolate places and pray. And there are other verses in the Gospels where he would spend an entire night in prayer. And that really kind of speaks to me because, you know, he he's constantly surrounded by people so... To me, that's a big drain (laughs) Um, because you're doing a lot of emotional output when you're doing ministry like that. And he's doing it from morning until night. And then he would spend an entire night in prayer. And what I've learned and what God has taught me is that when we do what's in God's Word, that's when it comes alive. And so I took my—I tried to follow the steps in Jesus, so to speak— and I've been going to the desert alone for one or two days since 2003. And I wrote about that experience in my book, The Road Christian and The Road to Grace. And those are just amazing times. And what I've learned is that 
when we set everything aside and go after God in a place of total and utter silence, he honors that. So the first time I went to the desert in 2003, it was actually in Borrego Springs, California, and I had I was kind of burnt out at the moment. We just moved. At the time, we lived in Colorado, and I had a trip I was going to in California, but I stopped off for a night in Borrego Springs, spent the night there, and walked out to the desert floor alone at early in the morning. I think it was 5.30 or 6 in the morning. And and before I leave the hotel room, uh, the Holy Spirit speaks to me and he says, bring a pen. And I thought, ah, that's, that's just, you know, random thoughts. And I take a couple steps further and then I hear that voice again, bring a pen. So I, then I hit him like, okay, um, I'm thinking this is the Lord. And so I take a walk and go out to the desert. Borrego Springs is a small population of, uh, I think, 3,000, 4,000 maybe. And so it's a small town. And so I'm walking out alone in the desert. And and I sit down in a grove of palm trees. And I just start settling in and resting with God. And he he leads me to Psalm 63. And this has become one of my favorite psalms where it says, Oh God, my God, I seek early, earnestly I seek you in a dry and thirsty land where there is no water because your loving kindness is better than life, so my lips will praise you. And, and then I heard these words. Um, that just He just said, Mike, I love you. I made you. I created you. And I just started bawling. And... But it's so incredibly powerful being out there alone in the desert because in pure silence, when we're stripped of everything and all we have is God, then we're in such a great place to where now we can tune into him. We hear his voice much clearer. And if you look, how did Jesus prepare for ministry? Forty days alone in the desert alone in the desert for 40 days. (laughs) No smartphones, no hotel, no people, no Bible college, no church, no seminaries, no fast food places, no nothing. Just alone in the desert. And What's he doing out there in the desert? Why isn't he like, I don't know, and preparing for like 40 days in in a church? Why isn't he... 40 days in a Bible college or a temple somewhere. That's that's the way we modern Christians do it, right? We we stuff people full of information and then send them out in the mission field. But his way of preparing was 40 days alone in the desert, no distractions. So all that he had was God and rocks and sand. And it even says he was with the, the wild animals. And then from time to time, evidently, Satan came along, too, to, to tempt him. And So there's something in there for us. This is not just a pleasant story to read. And think, mm, that's really a nice thing that Jesus did. And But the part of the problem is that that's part of our, our emphasis is we tell the stories. We'll do our expository, expository sermons, our verse-by-verse teaching, but we're not challenging people. 
on how to live God's Word. So what I'm going to read to you now is a sermon on Luke five fifteen to 16 that I read to you at the beginning where he said he would withdraw to his desolate places and pray. And this sermon is from a nationally known and recognized pastor who's well-known for doctrine, well-respected. I respect him, well-known for verse-by-verse teaching. So I'm going to read this. And he says, Jesus had to stop going into the city because inside the wall it was too crowded. The crowds were so massive he had to go to the open space. Remember the priority is always preaching, 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 and also to be healed of their sicknesses. In order to sustain his ministry, verse 16 says, he himself would often slip away to the wilderness and pray. That too is wonderfully human, isn't it? He was in all points tempted like we are. Though he was holy, harmless, undefiled, and separate from sinners, he was in every sense touched with the feelings of our infirmities and he needed communion with the Father. Pray, and I'm continuing, pray here is a kind of a habit with Jesus. We find it all the way through the Gospels. Luke features it, chapter 3, chapter 4, 6, 9, and 11. Jesus kept his connection with the Father. Astonishing power. Jesus banished disease from Israel, and yet they wanted to kill him. Do you see what's going on here? There is no challenge for us to do the same thing that the Lord did. We teach God's word, but we aren't challenging people to take a jump of faith or a leap of faith and go and do the same things that he does. And what I've discovered is, is like I mentioned, going out, going after him. When you go into the desert alone with God, you're either a nut job or you're somebody who's hungry for the Lord and wants more of him more than anything else. You're a rogue Christian, so to speak. And the way I just went to the desert alone. Um, two weeks ago, I was there for two straight days and a lot of time spent in prayer and worship and resting with him. And it's just incredible. And what I hear and I, what I see from a lot of Christians these days is just worn out. The path, the pace of life is just stretched them thin. They have no margin left. They go to church and they run to church and you know, they, they do the worship band thing, they get their message, and then they go home and they rush to the next thing and got to go to lunch for, for Sunday. And that's not the picture that we're given of how to live the Christian life. Jesus repeatedly went out to the desert alone with God. And I've been out to the desert alone twice in the last six weeks for two day stays. And I'm sure I'll be out there again in the not-too-far-away future. And it doesn't matter to me whether it's 110 degrees or whether it's 80 degrees. Uh, in that pure setting of silence, I have, I have so much more of God. I have the joy of his presence. He brings my soul to this complete place of rest. A lot of you are just starved for rest of soul. Do you even know what rest of soul is? Rest of soul is not going on a vacation. Going on a vacation, <laughs> more often than not, wears us out because, you know, I, I know what it feels like. You go home from vacation and you're all wiped out. Rest of soul is not taking a nap. Our body needs rest and we need sleep at night. This is not what I'm talking about. Rest of soul is when all of your worries 
have been lifted and your complete and deep peace and contentment with God and you're resting with him in his presence and he touches your heart at the deepest core with his Holy Spirit. And usually there, when I do the, when I take these trips to the desert alone, there are multiple times, two, three, four, five times where I'm sitting there just crying and bawling like a baby. Because when God touches the heart, um, he touches our deepest yearning. Our deepest yearning is not for work or church. And it surely isn't for smartphones or texts or emails. We need those things to some extent, and we certainly need work to provide for our family. So I'm not knocking that. I'm not saying go live in the desert. Oh, but there are times when we need to go out and devote one or two days, one or two days alone with the Lord and sit with him and say, God, I just want to know you right now. We set aside all of our doing. We set aside all of our religious stuff. We set aside our rituals. We set aside all of the, the cares and the concerns of this world. And we go after God. And when I, when I go to the desert alone, all my focus is on him. I try to set aside my wants, my needs, all that stuff. That doesn't mean I don't spend some time interceding for others or praying about a few things. But in general, my biggest focus is, God, I want to know you. I just don't want to know about you. I want to know you. I want to be filled with every part and every piece of my soul, with who you are. God, you see this broken temple of a man. God, I need everything you have to give me. I'm nothing without you, Lord. And John 15, abide in me and I in you. Without me, you can do nothing. But we don't really live that, or at least a lot of Christians that I talk to don't. Because if you're abiding in him, then you're spending a lot of time with him. You're going after him. You're not just studying your Bible and you're not just doing ministry things or good works, even though we want fruit in our lives. And if you've listened to my programs, you know that, <laughs> you know, I want our life, I want my life, I want your life to count for eternity. So I'm not just saying to kick back and do nothing, but the source of our life, the source of our ministry must be from our relationship with the Lord. And the only way you can have that to any kind of depth is if you go away and every once in a while you spend extended time alone with him, resting with him. So I want to challenge each and every one of you right now and ask you, when's the last time you went somewhere alone with the Lord for one or two nights? Doing what I just described, resting with him, going after him, spending time in passionate, fervent prayer, pouring out worship to him, praising him, listening and receiving the love he has to give you. When's the last time you've done that? I would guess for most of you, the answer is never or it's been a long time. And I, we have a counseling questionnaire where we ask people, when's the last time you had an hour alone with the Lord? And most of them, it's rare or ever, never. So people, Sunday churchianity in working and you can see that all over the place each and every one of us needs more of god we need to be filled up and tanked up with him and too many of us are religious posers and too many of us are empty and dry 
and thirsty. So I want to encourage you, I want to challenge you, make time in your schedule to go away with the Lord for one or two days, just as Jesus did often. We are not given God's word just to study and to pack up our theological package. He showed us how to live the Christian life. There is no power without prayer. There is no power without him. So if you want to live a life that counts for eternity, go after him with everything you've got. So I want to thank you for joining us. If you have any questions, um, the contact information is at the end of the show. I'd love to hear from you. And uh, let's go rogue. Do you want to be free? Blazing Grace is a nonprofit international ministry for the sexually broken and the spouse. Please visit us at blazinggrace.org for information on Mike Janung's books, groups, counseling, or to have Mike speak at your organization. You can email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call our office in Chandler, Arizona at 719-888-5144. Again, visit us at blazinggrace.org. Email us at email at blazinggrace.org or call the office at 719-888-5144.